Welcome to episode three of Cracking the Code. So the first two episodes told a little bit about me, my story, and why I'm doing this. And then going forward, you know, I want to introduce Dan Costello. Dan is like a brother to me, and the reason we bring Dan in so early on is simple. He's going to be a big part of the coaching. He does coaching for a living. He owns a gym and a fitness studio. And in addition to that, he does a lot of coaching with people already. And this is going to be part of coaching people professionally and back to life. Welcome, brother. Hey, thank you for having me here. Thanks for being here. So, Dan, um, why don't you give a little backstory as to how we met? Um, because I remember the day, outside the first day we met, we'd known each other from a gym that he worked at. And this was before he owned his own gym, before he was kind of where he is today. And I remember I was speaking at a detox one day and volunteering. And I look, and there's a guy slouching at chair looking down with a hat. It turns out it was Dan. And, um, and, what, and he was embarrassed and ashamed, but he didn't realize it. I was speaking there because I was a recovered heroin addict, so there's nothing to be ashamed of with me. And from that day forward, we forged a bond that was um, like nothing else. Yeah, nothing else at all. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It, I mean, it is crazy. I would say that. So Ryan walked in and he looked like The Rock. So this is circa well, like 2014. And he looked like The Rock when Dwayne Johnson was just getting on the movie scenes. Like big time, <laughs> right? And I was like, whoa, who is this guy? And I was in the back and I had my hat low and I was looking at the floor and I was very very self-conscious and i think that was something i was like oh my god this guy from the gym shit i know him but he told the story and at the time and what stands out is his friend had just passed away and that he he still came up to talk that night and i was like well because at i was so blown away by that that a person would donate their time even though they were in so much pain and i don't remember what he said but i do remember that it had a profound impact on me so afterward i went up i gave you a hug Right? He gave yeah. you a hug and he gave me your number. No, he said, Give me your number. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And you go, Hold on. I'll, I'll remember it. I was like, well, Where's your phone? And you like, I don't have it. And don't worry, I'll remember it. And I was like, Yeah. But he's a whiz with numbers, as we know. And <laughs> he's a whiz with numbers. And he did remember it. And I had a text from you the, a week later. I opened up to a text from you. And I called you that day. Yeah, it's been um, it's been an amazing ride because since then there's been a lot of ups and downs in my life as well as Dan's. And um, it's funny you never know the role you play in somebody's life. You never you know call it karma, call it whatever you want. But one at one point I was helping Dan, and then next thing I knew I was in the opposite spot, and he was helping me. And and God works through people, and I think that's why it's so important to be of service. That's why we're doing this. I mean, frankly, people say to me, Ryan, you've got kids, you've got a chaotic life, you've got a business, you're working a bazillion hours. Dan owns a business, like he's got a girlfriend. Like, how do you guys find the time? And the truth is, we make the time. And that's what it comes down to um, being very intentional. So, a big part of what we're going to be doing going forward, in addition to the podcast, is there's going to be coaching one on one, there's going to be weekly calls for the brotherhood, there's going to be a lot of stuff. And we're going to share with you ideas and strategies we use to be intentional. I mean, the nice thing is, owning a retirement business, I coach people on how to retire, which is great. I can give numbers, advice, statistic things and of that nature. Dan coaches people fitness-wise, but also how to rebuild their life. A lot of what he's coaching is people how to change their eating habits, how to change this and that. It's not always exercises. It's more about lifestyle changes, changing your mindset. And that's one thing, the common denominator, whether it's drugs, alcohol, depression, sex addiction, whatever, whatever your ism is, because everybody's got something. The common denominator is you have to change your mindset. And Dan, I think that's something that you and I have both come together on, which is neat because we're always reading different books and sharing ideas. Yeah. Well, we are in 
we both go, we both crisscross all over the place when it comes to different kind of genres that we get into sometimes, whether it be meditation or visualization or stoicism, or and we each kind of go heavy with it depending on where we are. And then the best part is that we're able to share notes with each other. And we're able to talk about it and we're able to make suggestions. So Ryan had suggested this book to me, I don't know, for five years. It was called The, what, the Magic or The Seek. Is that The Magic, yep, right? The magic, yeah. Magic. For five years, he said, like, oh, you're going to love this. This is all visualization. You're going to love it. It works, I swear. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, I'm reading this right now, though, and it's great. And he's like, no, no, just drop it. And I wouldn't. But then I finally did. And I was like, whoa. It's fire. Holy shit. It's fire. <laughs> yeah. It's so, fire. It's one, and so it's all these years later, and then you never really know when it's going to hit you. It's funny. I, that's a 28-day gratitude book. So every day he gives you a homework assignment. You read five pages. You do some journaling or whatever it assigns you. Everybody who comes to my path that I get close with has a copy. I, I order them 10 at a whack. Um, I, run a, I run a 12 step meeting here in my office on Thursday nights. Everybody got a copy of it. Uh, Gary, our producer, I got a, cop, got a copy a couple weeks ago. It has changed my life because so much of what our life, our outside world, reflects what's on our inside. And, and it's what you feed yourself. The, you know, the subconscious, not to get too deep on this right now in this episode, but the subconscious is like a supercomputer. So what I program in, I'm going to get out. And it's not what's on my mind on the surface level because that's BS. That comes and goes. That changes at a whim. Blue sky, car, you know, and that's just, <laughs> especially with me, I have ADT. I'm all over the place. But what I train my mind with, that's what comes out day in and day out. Like last night when my daughter, I hear her cry in the middle of the night. I don't wait for my wife to get up. I'm conscious, subconsciously programmed. I get up, I go, I hold her, I walk with her. I bring her to my bed, I put her back when she's ready. I'm trained for that because after working a 13-hour day yesterday, going home, putting her down, working out, and then doing all that in the middle of the night, um, you know, people say all the time, well, your wife doesn't work. How do you do all that? And it's because I train myself for that because I know time goes fast, and I know yeah. I won't have a lot of time with her. And I know with you, with what you have to do, to be able to go motivate people to change not just their workout schedule, because anybody can work out a half hour a day or an hour a day, to change how they eat, how they sleep, to change, you have to train yourself so much before you can even leave the door. Oh yeah, I mean, huge. Yeah, I. Well, if if my main, if my mind isn't on and I'm and I'm not dialed in and I'm not focused, I mean, how am I going to change? How am I going to help anybody move along on that path, right? And how am I going to help them realize anything? Because I'm, I love to read about whether whether it be. Um, different mindsets right mental models okay different mental models i have to read about mental models and one of them being is if i don't have that sort of uh, game face on right it's coming from that from that game face mental model or sort of a lotus of control like okay well, what can i control the only thing that i can really control is how i'm going to respond to what goes on around me and i can make sure that i stay focused i stay sharp i don't overreact but I have to w watch my habits, so I have to stay disciplined, right? Yeah. And if I'm going to teach a young kid about discipline or teaching an older woman about how not to eat too much ice cream at night, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. right? But now I'm out and I'm doing all these things that I'm saying for you to change. That people can, it's when you talk about the subconscious, people can feel that and they can shit and they can just feel that sort of, oh, this dude's full of shit, right? Absolutely. They feel that, that there's that thing in their gut that's saying, now, whatever this, whatever this person's saying, it's cool, but this just isn't, he's, he's not right. Well, a good example of that is for years I wanted to do this. I knew this was something we could help people with, but I knew 
there's always one area in my life that I wasn't being real with myself. You know, um, I'm going through a big life change over the next couple of months. There's one thing for the last couple of years, I wasn't being honest with myself. And it was very hard for me to go coach somebody and say, hey, be true, be authentic to yourself, be authentic to others. You know, who you are should be transparently through. And one aspect of my life wasn't exactly on point. You know, I, you know, I was sober, I was clean, I'm living healthy, I'm running a business, I'm a good dad and all the outside stuff. But there's one thing that I knew if I was being honest with myself, wasn't working for me. And now they have changed that one thing. Boom, I was ready to do it because I said, now there's nothing I'm hiding. Yeah. Now I'm nothing I'm holding back. I, and, and it wasn't like a big thing. It was just a per thing in my personal life, you know, a yeah. relationship situation. And so much of if you're going to give, you have to be really, really clear as water. Right. Because you know, people have to be able to see yeah. through it. I believe it was my angel who said, people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. And I truly believe, I mean, I've trained with you. So, and I'll, no BS. When I've gone and trained with you, what was really nice to me was I didn't always remember what you were saying for sets or this and that, or what you gave me to do. But I remember feeling like, okay, I can do this. I walked out more confident. And there was a point in my life where I was a slob. So I needed, like, <laughs> I was, I was a dump yeah. and I felt terrible about myself. And I was like, I remember thinking, God, I used to be in shape and now I'm, I'm so out of shape and I'm older and I'm having these injuries and hernias. And, and it was the little, the confidence builders. And that carries into every aspect of life. I mean, what our role in the coaching we're going to be doing is people are going to come to us. It started because financial advisors came to me and said, hey, you were a homeless heroin addict. Then you went to jail. Now you make an incredible income. You're in the top 0.001% in your industry. How did you do it? If you can do it, anyone can do it. Because I tell that all the time. If I can do it, anyone can do it. I started sharing these ideas. And then I had a couple of guys I knew who were going through midlife crisis. And I had a couple of business owners. And then next day I knew you and I had done so much of this. I knew you coached a lot of folks and you were mentoring a lot of young guys who were athletes and they were bringing you in to speak at, you know, end of the year um, events. And I said, wow, if we put this together, we've got something there. Yeah. And, um, and we had also, just to give a little backstory, Dan and I have over the years on and off coached programs, run programs at the prisons. We've gone and worked with inmates and we've done different book studies. One was The Obstacles Away, which is by Ryan Holiday. It's about stoicism. And what was awesome and why we work well together is Dan will go in there with a, a three ring binder and a syllabus and papers out and organized. And I won't. I'll go in there <laughs> ADHD, but I'll be excited. I'll be able to shoot hot and boom. And, um, and one guy said, he's like, you know, you're like flash. He's like focus. And, and, but together we came through. So when I was launching this at first, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And then I thought I needed somebody to do it with me. Cause I knew this wasn't just about me. And I knew I needed somebody who had strengths where I was weak. Um, I had no idea you'd be willing to make the time. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Oh, yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of shows to go. There's going to be weekly calls. There's going to be one-on-one -on -one coaching. There's going to be everything to teach people in the brotherhood how to change your life, which means starts with what you put in your body, how you train, how you pray, meditate. And when we start talking about God, it's not God or like some guy in a wizard suit or something. It's the God of your understanding. Whatever it is to you, it could be the wind, the sun. Uh, yeah, what I think is so amazing about this is what we have isn't unique to us, and it's transferable or transmutable to anybody we come in contact with. Yeah, and... I know that it can be sort of, it's a tall drink of water to think that, oh, I got to pray, I got to do this, I got to do that. And it's like, oh my God, how can I do all these things? And then too, <coughs> sort of, if you don't if you don't have God of your understanding or you don't have a higher power, you aren't spiritual, and it can kind of be going into something like that. Like, oh, I don't know, I'm just gonna, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> it's a lofty goal. Oh, yeah, it's a lofty goal. <laughs> and I know the two things that, listening to you talk that I want to touch on was one, authenticity, and two, 
how to how to break something like that down, like what I just spoke about, how to break that down. So with authenticity, I know that if I start comparing myself or I listen to somebody in the gym compare themselves to their past self. So maybe right now you may be thinking, well, how can I ever go back to where I was? I feel like hell. My girlfriend or wife doesn't love me anymore. Like my kids. They don't look up to me like they used to. All these different things. They, they used I whatever. The thing is, though, if we compare, we're not being true to ourselves in the first place, right? We can't. If we're authentic, there is no comparison. There's no comparison to the outside. I haven't it, thought of that, but it's the, true. The past self. If they're authentic, I can't compare myself to another trainer because then there is no comparison. Because what am I going to compare my authenticity to his authenticity? Yeah, because it's more about being present. It's about being present and being true in that same sense and growing to that and having the self-confidence to be okay where you are. I think one thing you did nail though was so many guys watching this are going to be able to relate to a couple of things. One, they've been married for a few years. It's stale. Maybe there's no sex, no affection, all of the above. Um, they feel stuck because now they have a kid, a wife, and they have mortgage payments. Where, and now yeah. the kids you know, lack respect for the kids. These are all things you can get back. So if you're watching this and these are all things, just because you lose something temporarily, doesn't mean and don't get me wrong sometimes a marriage when it fades it was because it was never meant to work out and that's okay but there's a way out and a way out with integrity a man doesn't walk out calling his wife to see where and slamming the door and not and holding and you know hiding money so they don't make child support a man walks out saying hey i'm grateful for the role you played in my life let's co-parent together let's treat each other with mutual respect how can we do this and dm what i think would be great that you could break down is yeah. the fact that i did you know i nailed all these things that we do in a day it didn't start that way. I didn't wake up one day sober and say, all right, I'm going to pray them, I'm going to journal them, I'm going to work out. So, you know, take that. Yeah. I think, so at the beginning of my story, I, mean, I didn't believe in any of this stuff and I didn't do any of those things. And I, I thought, I didn't think it would work. And I, I definitely didn't think that it would completely change my life because, I mean, as you know, living in a car, a homeless heroin addict with absolutely nothing, a negative bank account and nobody wanting to do wanting anything to do with me the world my mom told me to go get a a, a job at uh, home depot not that there's anything wrong with that but she knew i wanted to be a trainer yeah, it's not your career it's she your knew career. like you know i had gone to school for this i had trained in this i already been established in it and i just completely lost it all so to hear something like that was heartbreaking i remember that that began to motivate me and then at the time uh was i was living in the kelly house I was living in the yeah. Kelly house, which was uh, one of the first sober houses that I lived in. And that is when, you know, I started journaling. I started, started journaling, started praying and started meditating and just doing a little bit at a time. And that's sort of where the idea of, you know, chopping away a little at a time and micro going comes in. And I would use that later on in life just to just get a little bit done because that wasn't the first. So I ended up getting a few years of recovery after that. And then viciously relapsed, and then it was, it was even more catastrophic. And this time I was engaged, and that went. And this time the other business went. And this time the apartment went. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it does get worse each time. But can I also, I'm also gonna say something else. I think God tries to teach us lessons, and He puts these little signs. He, she, it, whatever God is like. Maybe they put a, butt, a firefly in front of you and tells you to take a turn so you don't hit the firefly. And maybe they put like a little those cones in the road. Then when you run that over, maybe put a stop sign. Then eventually, like you hit a wall. I know for me, I have forced my will on God many times. And he has said, hey, go ahead. And then the pain gets greater again. He gives me another sign, another sign. I think with you, what happened was you were 
you were engaged to a girl you didn't belong with. Um, you know, in my opinion. Again, this is my opinion. Uh, your business could have flourished more, but you were, you know, you're in a problem with somebody. Yeah, and I was stuck in, at that gym. Yeah, it sucked, man. And that was next tough. Thing, you know, and the it gym, wasn't yeah. bad. The gym was a stepping stone for you. But oh my God, when you when that gym was sold and you opened your own gym, and I walked in the door. I didn't know it's expected. I was going to see it. You're like, well, I opened a gym and you're kind of humbled by it. I walked in the door and the place was spotless. It's a boxing gym. There's motivational signs on the wall. It's, it was amazing. <laughs> I was like, the old gym you went to didn't even smell a little rough. The owners, I don't know what they did in there, but it was like, this gym was like immaculate. It was just everything, you know, it was somewhere where I would send a client with $5 million to go train. They would walk out and be like, wow, it was crisp. Oh, and um, no, it's it's a testimony to what you're doing. So I think that those things that we lose, we lose them because we're not being authentic to ourselves. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and to tie that in. So we lose it because we're not being authentic to ourselves. But then in order to get them back, that's where you know, executing those small little things really, it really, it really happens. I mean, it doesn't because it doesn't come back like, oh, whoa, yeah, I got all this stuff back. It's more like uh, I felt like I had to almost like earn it back. I yeah, had, oh yeah. yeah, I feel like I had to earn it back a little bit. You know, somebody told me once when you, the first time you get sober, it's a gift. The second time you go to work for it. Now, I'll tell you, the first time I thought it was a gift. I was I had track marks on my arms, and I had gone <laughs> to jail. I lost everything. I had slept on the streets at times. I mean, that's a gift, but I know what you meant because the second time. If you if you've got a life like you got a job and stuff, you really got to work. And um, and it was true, but you know it pays. Oh yeah, so it's and really it was like uh, I heard a great quote by Teddy Alice. So I was watching this documentary and it was Marvin Hagler and uh, Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran and Tommy Hearns and Showtime. I think it was Show, Showtime the documentary, right? They're called the Four Kings. Okay. In the nineteen eighties, and Marvin, the first time he was supposed to win the middleweight title, he fought a dude named. Vito Anafermo, and he gave him a boxing lesson. He really did. He kicked his ass. Who gave him? Who? Uh, Marvin gave Vito Anafermo okay. in, in their first fight, gave him a boxing lesson, so right? He so he, I mean, so he had really worked his way up from, I think he had 50 pro fights before he got a title fight, something like that. Wow. And this is in the 80s. No, this was in the late 70s, 79, I think. 79 already. Okay. Whatever. And he, so he gave him a boxing lesson, and he got absolutely hosed. Absolutely hosed for a draw, right? And it wasn't a draw. So Teddy Atlas is commentating the documentary, and he said he gave, he said a quote. It was like, it was like uh, the boxing gods were saying, "Hey, you have to be truly worthy of the destiny that we're about to bestow on you." Because then the next like fight, yeah. he uh, knocked out Alan Minter in three rounds and won the middleweight title, and then went on his run. Right. Yeah. So it was, so I heard that quote, and I was like, "Oh my god, that that's unbelievable!" And it, but it relates at least in my situation, so much to life. So Absolutely. especially in, in getting clean and sober, especially in rebuilding a business, especially in getting all these relationships back, it was, hey, you're going to have to really earn this. And even when, even when you think you've earned it, you're still not going to get it because you have to be worthy of the destiny that you're about to get. And you have to keep working for it. People don't realize. Oh, yeah, some, yeah. Some of the people that work for me or some of the people that come into my life, they'll say, well, yeah, you're, they think you get to a certain point and you're there, you've arrived. I don't feel any more successful or arrived now than I did when I was making half what I make now or a third of what I make now and had a half the clients or a third because every day, no, I mean, if the day comes that I'm like, oh, good, I'm in a great spot, I'm there. 
that's pathetic. You know, I, I want to keep growing and evolving until I die. And people say, that sounds cliche. Like, I wanna, I'm not trying to become more creative, everything, and find all these different talents I don't have. <laughs> no, but I want to do my job at the level that at the best I can do it. Every year, I want to add something that I'm better at. Kind of like you, you'll add a different technique you can train at. And yeah. this is something that, this is truly my calling, what we're doing here. This is every day, I think, I'm like, this is what I'm, when I wake up now, for so long, I'd wake up and I'd be like, ah. I love my job, but until I got out the door, I'd have stuff going on. But now with this in my life, plus work where it's at, I wake up and boom, game time. Right. Every morning my eyes open and I'm not having that anxiety. I used to wake up every day, and you might be able to relate to this out there. I'd wake up every day and there'd be like an elephant sitting on my chest. I'd be having such anxiety. Now I'd wake up at five, I'd lay in bed till seven, seven thirty, just tossing, twisting with anxiety, trying to sleep a little more, just kinda of didn't want to deal with the day. Oh, that's worth on top of it, like you know, I'd be in a bad place with my wife because of all like, everything else, you know, and she has her own stuff going on. And I'd be laying there when she'd come in the room, I'd try to pretend I was sleeping so that we didn't have like, because she'd be like, why are you laying in bed? And if you have anxiety, depression, you can't teach somebody that. You can't tell them how to feel, how that feels. No. Um, there's a way out. I never thought I'd be where I'm at today. I never thought I'd wake up, feel great, go to a job, have my business tremendously successful, be launching something with my friend, you know, two guys that I'm good friends with, you know, we're doing there's something special here this has got nothing to do with me this is about we and uh this is something you want to stay tuned for and you know i would say to to with all that that uh, waking up for a long time well first of all i'd wake up late because i wouldn't go to, I, I would wake up late just because i would i would want to be up at night because i would feel like hey that's the only time i could have to myself and i just wanted the world to be quiet you know i would stay up late and i would watch tv show after show after show i mean Thinking back on that, it's like, oh my God, all the waste of time. But it's you know a, what it is? Yeah. I don't know about with you, but at night for so long, that was the only time. So I, all my day, all my stresses for the day were behind me. That my phone was going to ring with some of the stressful at 8.30. Yeah. Night. So it was the one time of the day I had stress-free. And I would do the same thing. I'd rewatch Seinfeld. Yeah. Like this, binge watch this. Um, I watch, every night in bed, Amanda would watch... Um, she watches shows based on murder, like all these 2020s or all this stuff. Oh, Dateline. And, yeah, yeah, some yeah. show snapped where the women kill their husbands. She's probably doing a case study. She's probably like, all right, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use that. I'm not going to use that because she got caught. But um, now I go to bed, I do a little positive reading. I do my, my night order where I train my mind for the next day. And then I right off into sleep. And uh, last night I didn't sleep well. I mean, you know what? I didn't have anxiety. I wasn't up stressed. I just wasn't sleeping well. Yeah, and you know, when it, when it comes to where to start, Right, because me and you were talking about prayer, meditating, sleep, sleeping, uh, getting squared away. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to mention cold showers at one point, like jumping yeah. cold showers. And it's just starting with something small, right? I started with something small. And just you just really have to do one thing, just yeah. execute on that one thing. I agree. And then the next day, just build on that next thing. I tell people this. If you're going to start, Let's look at the whole paper. I always say you should either start with trying to pray, even if it's God you don't understand, or journal, write a letter to God, you know, and pretend God is a friend or an enemy. Just pretend there's something out there and do that one thing every day for a couple, maybe a month. And then the next month, maybe you add in, if you start with prayer, maybe you add in journal or vice versa. And then maybe uh, two months later, you add in meditate for three minutes a day, three minutes a day. And then like little by little, because then you're not, you're not looking up the hill. And you don't have to. After a month, you might not be ready. Something might not be working yet. You just say, all right, I'm going to give it another month of that before I add anything in. Yeah, because each one of those things is a small victory. right? And then you can check it off the list. And it's a small victory, and it's, it's learning to build momentum. I know that I had to learn 
to build momentum in my own life just to get through the day because like I said, I would stay up late and then I wouldn't want to get up in the morning yeah. and I would have zero motivation to do anything. Rewiring that, learning how to build momentum, getting small victories. When, when I first got clean and sober, I, I wouldn't do my laundry. So there would just be laundry everywhere and it would just be a train wreck. It would just, it would be mayhem. Absolute mayhem. You know what I love now? I get text messages sometimes before 6 a.m. from you. Like, and you're like, hey, at 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. This was a guy that if mm -hmm. I called him at 6 a.m., Oh he, man! Looking at me like, why did you call my phone at six a.m.? Yeah. Now, oh. now he's training people at six a.m. It's just, dude, it's so different though. Waking changed. up, it's waking up that oh. early and then feeling like discipline, and you get so much done before yeah. ten o'clock. And then if you go up at five, at one o'clock in the afternoon, you've already been up for eight hours. Well, did so you ever hear the uh, the commencement speech McCraven gave? I, I believe it's Admiral McCraven. Oh yeah, he's he's a, yeah, yeah. Seal. Um, I'm I'm reading a book. I just I'm almost done with this book. Um. The Wisdom of the Bullfrog. So the long, they call the Navy SEALs the frogs. And the longest running, the person who's been there the longest out of all the frogs, they call him the bullfrog. So he was the bullfrog. And um, he's the guy who directed the, the um, assassination of Bin Laden. He directed amazing guy, but he always talks about your list and how you make the bed because one, it's the first victory of the day. And when you go home that night, even if you had a bad day, you go home to me, that this mate. And if you add a, like my list usually is 15 to 20 things each day, five of which a monkey can do. Five, which honestly, <laughs> my dog could go do. Make the bed, you know, um, you know, shave. I I have a hot, I get anxiety shaving. Like in the morning, I, I look at certain things. So at night before I go to bed, I shave. So in the morning, it's one less thing. I, I try to build my day around cold shower. I agree. Yeah. First thing in the morning, I jump in a freezing cold shower because one, it shocks your system. It wakes you up. And it's very good for inflammation, which I didn't know. Um, Kevin the Bed taught me that. Yeah. So, you know, Dan, I'm excited about what's ahead. I think this is going to be, a tremendous thing we're doing together. I think that you, me, our producer Gary, we all share a goal, a common goal, and it's the fact that we've all been through stuff. We know a way out, and we want to share with other people. We want to share. We don't want to just give it to somebody because when you give it to somebody, then they're on their own. But we walk the path together. So the nice thing about being in recovery is there's a 12-step program, and there's somebody who sponsors you and walks that path. And I did it with Dan, and Dan did it with me, and now we kind of co-do it together. Um, but I was sharing the other day with Gary. I might have told you. What's hard is, you know, when you're a drug addict, drug alcoholic, there's a program. But people out there, if you have depression, anxiety, I'm also bipolar. So I've been diagnosed bipolar about 13 years ago. And when I went on the proper medication, suddenly I didn't have a vicious drug problem. No coincidence. There's a way out. And unfortunately, there isn't a fellowship for it, but we're creating one right here. This is something that no matter what's on your plate, together we're going to find a way out. And then we're going to share with the only thing we ask is that you help share it with the next person. Dang. Great talk today. I'm looking forward to the best is yet to come. Yeah, it is. <laughs>